0: chapter 15 of work a story of experience this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by linda lee piquette work a story of experience by louisa may alcott chapter 15 midsummer now it is all over I shall never have another chance like that, and must make up my mind to be a lonely and laborious spinster all my life. Youth is going fast, and I have little in myself to attract or win, though David did call me good and lovely. Ah, well, I'll try to deserve his praise, and not let disappointment sour or sadden me. Better to hope and wait all my life than marry without love." Christie often said this to herself during the hard days that followed mr Fletcher's disappearance-a disappearance, by the way, which caused mr Power much satisfaction, though he only betrayed it by added kindness to Christie, and in his manner an increased respect very comforting to her. But she missed her lover, for nothing now broke up the monotony of a useful life; she had enjoyed that little episode. For it had lent romance to everything while it lasted, even the charity basket with which she went her rounds. For Mr. Fletcher often met her by accident, apparently, and carried it as if to prove the sincerity of his devotion. No bouquets came now, no graceful little notes with books or invitations to some coveted pleasure, no dangerously delightful evenings in the recess where for a time she felt and used the power which to a woman is so full of subtle satisfaction. No bittersweet hopes, no exciting dreams of what might be with the utterance of a word, no soft uncertainty to give a charm to every hour that passed, nothing but daily duties, a little leisure that hung heavy on her hands with no hope to stimulate, no lover to lighten it, and a sore, sad heart that would clamor for its right. And even when pride silenced, it ached on with the dull pain which only time and patience have the power to heal. But as those weeks went slowly by, she began to discover some of the miracles true love can work. She thought she had laid it in its grave— but an angel rolled the stone away and the lost passion rose stronger purer and more beautiful than when she buried it with bitter tears a spirit now fed by no hope warmed by no tenderness clothed in no fond delusion the vital soul of love which outlives the fairest noblest form humanity can give it and sits among the ruins singing the immortal hymn of consolation the great musician taught Christy felt this strange comfort resting like a baby in her lonely bosom, cherished and blessed it, wondering while she rejoiced, and soon perceiving with the swift instinct of a woman that this was a lesson, hard to learn, but infinitely precious, helpful, and sustaining when once gained. She was not happy, only patient, not hopeful, but trusting, and when life looked dark and barren without she went away into that inner world of deep feeling high thought and earnest aspiration which is a never-failing refuge to those whose experience has built within them the nunnery of a chaste heart and quiet mind some women live fast and Christie fought her battle won her victory and found peace declared during that winter for her loyalty to love brought its own reward in time giving her the tranquil steadfastness which comes to those who submit and ask nothing but fortitude. She had seen little of David, except at church, and began to regard him almost as one might a statue on a tomb, the marble effigy of the beloved dead below, for the sweet old friendship was only a pale shadow now. He always found her out, gave her the posy she best liked, said cheerfully, "'How goes it, Christie?" AND SHE ALWAYS ANSWERED, GOOD MORNING, DAVID. I AM WELL AND BUSY, THANK YOU. THEN THEY SAT TOGETHER, LISTENING TO MR. POWER, SUNG FROM THE SAME BOOK, WALKED A LITTLE WAY TOGETHER, AND PARTED FOR ANOTHER WEEK WITH A HANDSHAKE FOR GOOD-BYE. CHRISTIE OFTEN WONDERED WHAT PRAYERS DAVID PRAYED WHEN HE SAT SO STILL WITH HIS FACE HIDDEN BY HIS HAND, AND LOOKED UP WITH SUCH A CLEAR AND STEADY LOOK WHEN HE HAD DONE. SHE TRIED TO DO THE SAME. But her thoughts would wander to the motionless gray figure beside her, and she felt as if peace and strength unconsciously flowed from it to sustain and comfort her. Some of her happiest moments were those she spent sitting there, pale and silent, with absent eyes and lips that trembled now and then, hidden by the flowers held before them, kissed covertly, and kept like relics long after they were dead bitter drop always marred the pleasure of that hour for when she had asked for mrs sterling and sent her love she forced herself to say kindly and kitty is she doing well Capitally. come and see how she has improved we are quite proud of her i will if i can find time it's a hard winter and we have so much to do she would answer smiling "'and then go home to struggle back "'into the patient mood she tried to make habitual. "'But she seldom made time to go and see Kitty's improvement, "'and when she did run out for an hour, "'she failed to discover anything, "'except that the girl was prettier "'and more coquettish than ever, "'and assumed airs of superiority "'that tried Christy very much. "'I am ready for anything,' "'she always said with a resolute air "'after one of these visits.' but when the time seemed to have come she was not so ready as she fancied passing out of a store one day she saw kitty all in her best buying white gloves with a most important air that looked suspicious she thought and could not resist speaking all well at home she asked grandma and i have been alone for nearly a week david went off on business but he's back now, and—oh, my goodness, I forgot! I'm not to tell a soul yet! And Kitty pursed up her lips, looking quite oppressed with some great secret. Bless me! How mysterious! Well, I won't ask any dangerous questions. Only tell me if the dear old lady is well, said Christie, desperately curious, but too proud to show it. She's well, but dreadfully upset by what's happened. Well, she may be, "'And Kitty shook her head with a look of mingled mystery and malicious merriment. "'Mr. Sterling is all right, I hope.' "'Christy never called him David to Kitty, "'so that impertinent little person took especial pains to speak familiarly, "'sometimes even fondly of him to Christy. "'Dear fellow, he's so happy he don't know what to do with himself. "'I just wish you could see him go round smiling and singing "'and looking as if he'd like to dance.' "'That looks as if he was going to get a chance to do it,' said Christie, with a glance at the gloves, as Kitty turned from the counter. "'So he is,' laughed Kitty, padding the little parcel with a joyful face. "'I do believe you are going to be married,' exclaimed Christie, half distracted with curiosity. "'I am, but not to Miles. Now don't you say another word, for I'm dying to tell, and I promised I wouldn't. David wants to do it himself. Bye bye!" and Kitty hurried away, leaving Christie as pale as if she had seen a ghost at noonday. She had, for the thought of David's marrying Kitty had haunted her all those months, and now she was quite sure the blow had come. "If she was only a nobler woman I could bear it better; but I am sure he will regret it when the first illusion is past. I fancy she reminds him of his lost Letty, and so he thinks he loves her. I pray he may be happy, and I hope it will be over soon," thought Christie with a groan, as she trudged away to carry comfort to those whose woes could be relieved by tea and sugar, flannel petticoats, and orders for a ton of coal. It was over soon, but not as Christie had expected. That evening, mr Power was called away, and she sat alone, bravely trying to forget suspense and grief in copying the record of her last month's labor. But she made sad work of it, for her mind was full of David and his wife, so happy in the little home which had grown doubly dear to her since she left it. No wonder, then, that she put down two dozen children to Mrs. Flanagan, and four knit hoods with the measles, or that a great blot fell upon twenty yards red flannel, as the pen dropped from the hands she clasped together saying with all the fervour of true self-abnegation i hope he will be happy oh i hope he will be happy if ever woman deserved reward for patient endeavour hard-won submission and unselfish love Christie did then and she received it in full measure for the dear lord requites some faithful hearts blesses some lives that seem set apart for silent pain and solitary labor. Snow was falling fast, and a bitter wind moaned without. The house was very still, and nothing stirred in the room but the flames dancing on the hearth, and the thin hand moving to and fro among the records of a useful life. Suddenly the bell rang loudly and repeatedly, as if the newcomer was impatient of delay. Christie paused to listen. It was not Mr. Powers' ring, not his voice in the hall below, not his step that came leaping up the stairs, nor his hand that threw wide the door. She knew them all, and her heart stood still an instant. Then she gathered up her strength, said low to herself, Now it is coming, and was ready for the truth with a colorless face, eyes unnaturally bright and fixed, and one hand on her breast, as if to hold in check the rebellious heart that would throb so fast. It was David who came in with such impetuosity. Snowflakes shone in his hair, the glow of the keen wind was on his cheek, a smile on his lips, and in his eyes an expression she had never seen before. Happiness, touched with the shadow of some past pain. Doubt and desire, gratitude and love all seemed to meet and mingle in it while about the whole man was the free and ardent air of one relieved from some heavy burden released from some long captivity oh david what is it cried christie as he stood looking at her with this strange look news christie such happy news i can't find words to tell them he answered "'coming nearer, but too absorbed in his own emotion to heed hers.' "'She drew a long breath and pressed her hand a little heavier on her breast, "'as she said, with the ghost of a smile more pathetic than the saddest tears, "'I guess it, David.' "'How?' he demanded, as if defrauded of a joy he had set his heart upon. "'I met Kitty. she told me nothing.' but her face betrayed what I have long suspected. David laughed, such a glad yet scornful laugh, and snatching a little miniature from his pocket, offered it, saying, with the new impetuosity that changed him so, That is the daughter I have found for my mother. You know her, you love her, and you will not be ashamed to welcome her, I think. Christie took it. "'saw a faded, time-worn likeness "'of a young girl's happy face, "'a face strangely familiar, "'yet for a moment. "'She groped to find the name belonging to it. "'Then memory helped her, "'and she said, half incredulously, "'half joyfully, "'Is it my Rachel?' "'It is my Letty,' "'cried David, with an accent "'of such mingled love and sorrow, "'remorse and joy, "'that Christie seemed to hear in it "'the death knell of her faith in him.' the picture fell from the hands she put up as if to ward off some heavy blow and her voice was sharp with reproachful anguish as she cried oh david david anything but that an instant he seemed bewildered then the meaning of the grief in her face flashed on him and his own grew white with indignant repudiation of the thought that daunted her but he only said with the stern brevity of truth letty is my sister Forgive me! How could I know? Oh, thank God! Thank God! And dropping down upon a chair, Christie broke into a passion of the happiest tears she ever shed. David stood beside her silent till the first irrepressible paroxysm was over. Then, while she sat weeping softly, quite bowed down by emotion, he said sadly now, not sternly, You could not know. "'because we hid the truth so carefully. "'I have no right to resent that belief of yours, "'for I did wrong my poor Letty "'almost as much as that lover of hers, "'who, being dead, I do not curse. "'Let me tell you everything, Christie, "'before I ask your respect and confidence again. "'I never deserved them, but I tried to, "'for they were very precious to me.' "'He paused a moment, then went on rapidly, "'as if anxious to accomplish a hard task.' AND CHRISTIE FORGOT TO WEEP WHILE LISTENING BREATHLESSLY. Letty WAS THE PRIDE OF MY HEART, AND I LOVED HER VERY DEARLY, FOR SHE WAS ALL I HAD. SUCH A PRETTY CHILD, SUCH A GAY, SWEET GIRL. HOW COULD I HELP IT WHEN SHE WAS SO FOND OF ME? WE WERE POOR THEN, POORER THAN NOW, AND SHE GREW RESTLESS, TIRED OF HARD WORK, LONGED FOR A LITTLE PLEASURE, AND COULD NOT BEAR TO waste HER YOUTH AND BEAUTY IN THAT DULL TOWN i did not blame my little girl but i could not help her for i was tugging away to fill father's place he being broken down and helpless she wanted to go away and support herself you know the feeling and i need not tell you how the proud high-hearted creature hated dependence even on a brother who would have worked his soul out for her she would go and we had faith in her for a time she did bravely but life was too hard for her pleasure too alluring, and when temptation came in the guise of love, she could not resist. One dreadful day, news came that she was gone, never to come back, my innocent little Letty, any more. His voice failed there, and he walked fast through the room, as if the memory of that bitter day was still unbearable. Christie could not speak for very pity, and he soon continued— pacing restlessly before her as he had often done when she sat by wondering what unquiet spirit drove him to and fro that was the beginning of my trouble but not the worst of it god forgive me not the worst father was very feeble and the shock killed him mother's heart was nearly broken and all the happiness was taken out of life for me but i could bear it heavy as the blow was for I had no part in that sin and sorrow. A year later, there came a letter from Letty, a penitent, imploring little letter, asking to be forgiven and taken home, for her lover was dead, and she alone in a foreign land. How would you answer such a letter, Christie? As you did, saying, Come home and let us comfort you. I said, You have killed your father, broken your mother's heart, ruined your brother's hopes and disgraced your family you no longer have a home with us and we never want to see your face again oh david that was cruel i said you did not know me now you see how deceived you have been a stern resentful devil possessed me then and i obeyed it i was very proud full of ambitious plans and jealous love for the few i took into my heart Letty had brought a stain upon our honest name that time could never wash away, had quenched my hopes in despair and shame, had made home desolate, and destroyed my faith in everything. For whom could I trust when she, the nearest and dearest creature in the world, deceived and deserted me? I could not forgive wrath burned hot within me and the desire for retribution would not be appeased till those cruel words were said the retribution and remorse came swift and sure but they came most heavily to me still standing where he had paused abruptly as he asked his question david wrung his strong hands together with a gesture of passionate regret while his face grew sharp with the remembered suffering of the years he had given to the atonement of that wrong. Christie put her own hand on those clenched ones, and whispered softly, "'Don't tell me any more now. I can wait.' "'I must, and you must listen. I've longed to tell you, but I was afraid. Now you shall know everything, and then decide if you can forgive me for Letty's sake.' He said so resolutely that she listened with a face full of mute compassion. That little letter came to me. I never told my mother, but answered it, and kept silent till news arrived that the ship in which Liddy had taken passage was lost. Remorse had been tugging at my heart, and when I knew that she was dead, I forgave her with a vain forgiveness, and mourned for my darling as if she had never left me i told my mother then and she did not utter one reproach but age seemed to fall upon her all at once and the pathetic quietude you see then but for her i should have been desperate for day and night letty's face haunted me letty's voice cried take me home and every word of that imploring letter burned before my eyes as if written in fire do you wonder now that i hid myself that I had no heart to try for an honorable place in the world, and only struggled to forget, only hoped to expiate my sin. With his head bowed down upon his breast, David stood silent, asking himself if he had even now done enough to win the reward he coveted. Christie's voice seemed to answer him, for she said with heartfelt gratitude and respect, surely you have atoned for that harshness to one woman by years of devotion to many was it this that made you a brother of girls as mr power once called you and when i asked what he meant he said the arabs call a man that who has a clean heart to love all women as his sisters and strength and courage to fight for their protection she hoped to lighten his trouble a little and spoke with a smile that was like cordial to poor david yes "'he said, lifting his head again. "'I tried to be that, and for Letty's sake "'had pity on the most forlorn, "'patience with the most abandoned, "'always remembering that she might have been what they were, "'if death had not been more merciful than I. "'But she was not dead. "'She was alive and working as bravely as you. Ah, oh, how little I thought when I loved Rachel and she loved me "'that we should ever meet so happily as we soon shall.' Tell me how you found her. Does she know I am the woman she once saved? Tell me all about her, and tell it fast, prayed Christie, getting excited as she more fully grasped the happy fact that Rachel and Letty were one. David came nearer, and his face kindled as he spoke. The ship sailed without her. She came later, and finding that her name was among the lost, she did not deny it for she was dead to us, and decided to remain so till she had earned the right to be forgiven. You know how she lived and worked, stood firm with no one to befriend her till you came, and by years of patient well-doing washed away her single sin. If any one dares think I am ashamed to own her now, let him know what cause I have to be proud of her. Let him come and see how tenderly I love her, How devoutly I thank God for permitting me to find and bring my little Letty home. Only the snowflakes drifting against the window-pane, and the wailing of the wind, was heard for a moment. Then David added, with brightening eyes and a glad voice, I went into a hospital while away, to look after one of my poor girls, who had been doing well till illness brought her there. As I was passing out, I saw a sleeping face, and stopped involuntarily. It was so like Letty's. I never doubted she was dead. The name over the bed was not hers. The face was sadly altered from the happy, rosy one I knew, but it held me fast. And as I paused, the eyes opened-Letty's own soft eyes. They saw me, and as if I was the figure of a dream, she smiled, put up her arms, and said, just as she used to say a child when i woke her in her little bed why davy i can't tell any more only that when i brought her home and put her in mother's arms i felt as if i was forgiven at last he broke down there and went and stood behind the window curtains letting no one see the grateful tears that washed away the bitterness of those long years Christy had taken up the miniature and was looking at it, while her heart sang for joy that the lost was found, when David came back to her, wearing the same look she had seen the night she listened among the cloaks. Moved and happy, with eager eyes and ardent manner, yet behind it all a pale expectancy as if some great crisis was at hand. Christy, I never can forget that when all others, even I, cast Letty off, you comforted and saved her what can i do to thank you for it be my friend and let me be hers again she answered too deeply moved to think of any private hope or pain then the past now that you know it all does not change your heart to us it only makes you dearer and if i asked you to come back to the home that has been desolate since you went would you come gladly david and if i dare to say i loved you she only looked at him with a quick rising light and warmth over her whole face he stretched both arms to her and going to him Christie gave her answer silently lovers usually ascend straight into the seventh heaven for a time unfortunately they cannot stay long the air is too rarefied the light too brilliant the fair too ethereal and they are forced to come down to mundane things as larks drop from heaven's gate into their grassy nests david was summoned from that blissful region after a brief enjoyment of its divine delights by Christie, who looked up from her new refuge with the abrupt question what becomes of kitty he regarded her with a dazed expression for an instant for she had been speaking the delightful language of lips and eyes that lovers use, and the old tongue sounded harsh to him. She is safe with her father, and is to marry the other one next week. Heaven be praised, ejaculated Christie so fervently that David looked suddenly enlightened and much amused as he said quickly, What becomes of Fletcher? he's safely out of the way and i sincerely hope he will marry some other one as soon as possible christie you were jealous of that girl david you were jealous of that man then they both burst out laughing like two children for heavy burdens had been lifted off their hearts and they were bubbling over with happiness but truly david weren't you a little jealous of p f persisted christie feeling an intense desire to ask all manner of harassing questions with the agreeable certainty that they would be fully answered. Desperately jealous, you were so kind, so gay, so altogether charming when with him that I could not stand by and see it, so I kept away. Why were you never so to me? Because you never showed that you cared for me, and he did. But it was wrong in me to do it. And I repent of it heartily, for it hurt him more than I thought it would when the experiment failed. I truly tried to love him, but I couldn't." "Yet he had so much to offer, and could give you all you most enjoy." "It is very singular that you failed to care for him, and preferred a poor old fellow like me," said David, beaming at her like a beatified man. "I do love luxury and pleasure, but I love independence more. "'I'm happier poking in the dirt with you than I should be driving in a fine carriage "'with that piece of elegance, as Mr. Power called him, "'prouder of being your wife than his. "'And none of the costly things he offered me were half so precious in my sight "'as your little nosegays, now mouldering away in my treasure-box upstairs. "'Why, Davy, I've longed more intensely for the right to push up the curly lock "'that is always tumbling into your eyes.' than for philip's whole fortune may i do it now you may and Christie did it with a tender satisfaction that made david love her the more though he laughed like a boy at the womanly whim and so you thought i cared for kitty he said presently taking his turn at the new game how could i help it when she was so young and pretty and fond of you was she innocently didn't you see it how blind men are not always david did you see that i cared for you asked Christie, turning crimson under the significant glance he gave her i wish i had i confess i once or twice fancied that i caught glimpses of bliss round the corner as it were but before i could decide the glimpses vanished and i was very sure i was a conceited coxcomb to think it for a moment It was very hard, and yet I was glad. Glad? Yes, because I had made a sort of vow that I'd never love or marry as a punishment for my cruelty to Letty. That was wrong, David. I see it now, but it was not hard to keep that foolish vow till you came, and you see I've broken it without a shadow of regret tonight. You might have done it months ago, and saved me so much woe, if you had not been a dear, modest, morbidly conscientious bat," sighed Christie, pleased and proud to learn her power, yet sorry for the long delay. "Thank you, love; you see I didn't find out why I liked my friend so well till I lost her. I had just begun to feel that you were very dear; for after the birthday you were like an angel in the house, Christie when you changed all at once, and I thought you suspected me and didn't like it. Your running away when Kitty came confirmed my fear. Then in came that. Would you mind if I said, confounded Fletcher? Not in the least. Well, as he didn't win, I won't be hard on him. But I gave up then and had a tough time of it, especially that first night when this splendid lover appeared and received such a kind welcome Christie saw the strong hand that lay on david's knee clenched slowly as he knit his brows with a grim look plainly showing that he was not what she was inclined to think him a perfect saint oh my heart and there i was loving you so dearly all the time and you wouldn't see or speak or understand but went away left me to torment all three of us cried Christie with a tragic gesture my dearest girl did you ever know a man in love do say or think the right thing at the right time i never did said david so penitently that she forgave him on the spot never mind dear it has taught us the worth of love and perhaps we are the better for the seeming waste of precious time now i've not only got you but letty also and your mother is mine in very truth ah how rich i am but i thought it was all over with me when i found letty because seeing no more of fletcher i had begun to hope again and when she came back to me i knew my home must be hers yet feared you would refuse to share it if you knew all you are very proud and the purest-hearted woman i ever knew and if i had refused you would have let me go and held fast to letty yes for i owe her everything you should have known me better david but i don't refuse and there is no need to choose between us no thank heaven and you my Christie. imagine what i felt when letty told me all you had been to her if anything could make me love you more than i now do it would be that "'No, don't hide your face. "'I like to see it blush and smile "'and turn to me confidingly "'as it has not done all these long months.' "'Did Letty tell you what she had done for me?' "'asked Christie, looking more like a rose "'than ever Kitty did. "'She told me everything "'and wished me to tell you all her story, "'even the saddest part of it. "'I'd better do it now before you meet again.' he paused as if the tale was hard to tell but Christie put her hand on his lips saying softly never tell it let her past be as sacred as if she were dead she was my friend when i had no other she is my dear sister now and nothing can ever change the love between us if she had thought david's face beautiful with gratitude when he told the happier portions of that history She found it doubly so when she spared him the recital of its darkest chapter, and bade him leave the rest to silence. "'Now will you come home? Mother wants you. Letty longs for you, and I have got and mean to keep you all my life, God willing.' "'I'd better die to-night and make a blessed end, for so much happiness is hardly possible in a world of woe,' answered Christie to that fervent invitation. We shall be married very soon, take a wedding trip to any part of the world you like, and our honeymoon will last for ever, mrs Sterling, Junior," said David, soaring away into the future with sublime disregard of obstacles. Before Christie could get her breath after that somewhat startling announcement, mr Power appeared, took in the situation at a glance, gave them a smile that was a benediction, and said heartily, as he offered a hand to each, now i'm satisfied i've watched and waited patiently and after many tribulations you have found each other in good time then with a meaning look at Christie, he added slyly but david is no hero you know she remembered the chat in the strawberry bed laughed and colored brightly as she answered with her hand trustfully in david's her eyes full of loving pride and reverence lifted to his face I've seen both sides of the medal now, and found it sterling gold. Hero or not, I'm content, for though he loves his mother much, there is room in his heart for me too. His old books have given him something better than learning, and he has convinced me that double flowers are loveliest and best. End of chapter 15 Recording by Lindalee Paquette